Welcome to Focus Film, this is Film Club number 3. This month we talk about Violent Night, available in cinemas, and Muppet Christmas Carol, streaming now on Disney+. Hi everyone. You wanted me to do a relaxed opening, so that was as relaxed. That was a Christmas special, relaxed uh-huh. welcome. Hi everyone, Gareth and Alice here. We're here to do the spoiler specials. Is that what we're calling it? The, the Focus Film Club. Film Club. <laughs> oh out. God. Welcome to the. F- <laughs> I'm not prepared. Let me start again. Hey everyone, it's Focus Film Club time. It's Gareth and Ellis, and this is my best relaxed welcoming into the show. And we're here to talk about two films, and it's a Christmas special, really. We've got two films to talk about. One is Violent Night, and the second one is A Muppet Christmas Carol. And the way it works is, if you have seen these films before, you're in for a treat, because we're going to spoil them, but it won't spoil for you, because you've seen it. If you haven't seen them, feel free to listen along. But we will be talking about the ins and outs of each film. So feel free to go and watch them and come back to this at your leisure. Or if you don't mind them being spoiled, listen along. Equally, if you've only seen one, you can listen to whichever one you wish. Mm -hmm. Now I've come prepared. I've worn a Christmas jumper and you uh, have dressed like a snowflake. I have. I, essentially, I'm just in a white jumper. Yeah. Mm. Mine says, Shante, you slay because of the Santa sleigh. Um, and yeah, it's actually Sarah's, but um, it didn't fit, so I took it. Result. Free jumper. Yeah. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm all right. I'm excited. I've rewatched The Muppets, Christmas Carol... My heart is full. Well, I don't need to rewatch it because I've watched it every year for the last 30 years. So I think I'm pretty good with it. Uh Uh-huh. But we'll see. You might say something. I'll go, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Come in and know me better, man. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. Sorry. So we're going to start with Violent Night, which was the new release that is this month. So we do one new release and one classic release. And we did a spin the wheel, if you listen to the, our monthly podcast, and Violent Night was the top. So we went to watch it last week. It stars David Harbour and is directed by uh, Tommy Wokola, if you're familiar with that person. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> and it is it is what it says. A Violent Night is like a pun. So it's a Christmas film. Santa is violent as you like. And a, a team of mercenaries break into a wealthy family compound on Christmas Eve, taking everyone inside hostage. The team isn't prepared for a surprise combat, which is Santa Claus, and he kicks ass in a nutshell. And the way this works is, we've got some questions for you. I'm going to ask some questions to you, Alice, and I, I might, you know, dip in as well. Um, but I want to start with... If you think of this film right now, what image do you see? Uh, instantly the candy cane knife. Oh yeah, when he whittles it. 
He's like got the candy cane in his mouth, hasn't he? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Sucking the end of it to whittle it down with his mouth and his teeth, and then pulls mm. it out, and he is equipped with a candy cane knife, which he then kills several of the thugs with. Stupid. I just so funny, like to see David Harbour dressed as Santa stabbing people with a candy cane like that as a, a as a concept it's just stupid mm. so if i think of the film right now i think of that scene uh with with the candy cane bits because this film kind of does that thing that john wick does or nobody does where they're using usually typically unviolent objects as a weapon and sometimes that could be quite funny uh, sometimes it doesn't work as well, but in this it it does. It's it there's there's some that don't work as well, but the candy cane is is a great moment. What about you? I can't stop thinking about the pub in Bristol. I can't stop thinking about it. it <laughs> so it opens with uh, uh, Bristol, England, and it's the most American bar you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, with a landlady who's supposed to be from Bristol, but she's got a slight American accent. Mm-hmm. And then Santa's there like, having a pint. I think it's because they want to get that idea that Santa travels on Christmas Eve. Yeah, obviously they want him to. Yeah, but <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, why is he not just in a town nearby? It could be anywhere, Georgia. Yeah. It could be you know anywhere in the US. That'd have been fine. I get it. He travels, but no. So at that moment, it lost me. It lost me straight away. Well, we didn't expect it to start that way. I think that's mm. part of the problem. That it literally Bristol. Oh, I was okay. thinking it was going to be a bit John Wicky, like you say, mm. and then maybe introduce Santa more gradually, like a kick-ass bandit. But no, he's a washout. Mm. So instantly, I was like, oh, okay, this is like bad Santa, but he's violent as well. So, yeah, he's, bo- he's bored of the usual traditions, isn't he? And that kids now just want video games. Yeah. So it was just an odd way to start it. And I'm expecting odd because it's Violent Night. I'm expecting it to be really naff. But not in that way. I don't, I don't think it's as naff as it should be. This is maybe an answer to a question later on. But I think that's part of this film's problem is that it's not quite stupid enough. Mm. is that it, it's like a really stupid concept and it should be loads of fun, but it's not. That's its main problem is that it's not leaning into those bits as much. Like the trailer, I think you put it in your letterboxed review that the trailer is like, get ready for some season's beatings. Yeah, more of that. And you and, and I'd, I'd read a review that was like, this is full of Christmas puns. And it does have some, but... Well, it does have quite a lot, but they're not as fun. They don't take as much, they don't lean into those puns as much. Yeah, and they're not as obvious as, you'd like them to. as they no. are in the trailer. No. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I was expecting, uh, is it Copland? A film we watched recently, Copland, is it? There's really cop like. Cop Shop? Cop Shop, yeah. There's really over the top um, action violence, but it takes itself seriously. It's trying to make the best naff action thing, and it just happens mm. to be naff. But I wanted that. I wanted it to be kick ass. I think that we'll get into this later, but I think the fact that he was a drunk and he couldn't be bothered 
meant that it couldn't rise to those levels of him just mm. being a kick-ass Santa. Yeah. Because they'd almost made him have too much relevance. Mm. He yeah. kind of needed, I can't believe it, like I'm saying, but he kind of needed to be 2D as a character. We all know who Santa is. Yeah. We kind of needed him to just be 2D. But what we don't know and... is that he is really good at judo. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So what was your favourite thing about the film? We've already slated it to high heaven, but uh, what was your fav- <laughs> favourite bit? I think David Harbour as Santa, like given a better script, he would have been even better uh, and, and a better better story. But him himself, like everything he's given, he does brilliantly. There's the moment when he walks in towards the end and he's all bloodied up and he's got Trudy with him. And at that point I was like, yeah, look at him. He's he's put He's absolute heart into this um i love david harbour from from other things obviously most uh famously recently stranger things as hopper which he's great in so it's always a pleasure when i see david harbour's in summit i thought he was great in black widow but in this he's still like this he just seems to pick roles that he knows are going to be good fun and i think he definitely had fun with it whereas i think some of the characters you know maybe that was the point but it felt too serious. But when you've got so many obnoxious characters in the other room, uh, in that in that main like lounge living area in this mansion, and they're all so horrible and despicable, you need that relief from Santa and David Harbour absolutely gives that. Hmm. I wanna agree with you because I was struggling to find something. But yeah, he is a good Santa. He looks yeah. the part. And he had it in him. Because he did become kick-ass towards the end, but it was too late for me. But it, there was that element. Um, yeah, so given a better script, I completely agree. I think yeah, it'd be yeah. better. But just how much how much funnier would it have been if he was like a ho-ho-ho, kindly, happy Santa, and then stabs him with a candy cane? Like, that's yeah. so much funnier as an idea than him being grumpy and grouchy. Yeah, just through talking about this last five minutes, that's the main problem, is that he was grumpy and grouchy and didn't want to do yeah, it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And he was forced yeah. to be violent. Mm. But actually, it would have been better if the mansion was getting invaded, happened to be Christmas Eve, who's coming down the chimney? Bam, bam, bam. It's Santa. Santa, yeah. That's what Absolutely. I was expecting. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we've covered this, but I've got another one in the bag here. <laughs> Um, what was your least favourite thing about the film? Hmm. I think it was just the the shape of it. The shape. shape of the film, as in the way that it goes from the start to the finish. It felt slow. It felt like it was... Its intentions were in the wrong place. The idea, the concept, the the plot of it, everything was just wrong. It just felt like surface level. This film as a concept is great, but they just ruined it. It it felt like someone came up with a concept, said, this is the film we want to make. It's Santa and he's beating people up. People are robbing a house and Santa's going around beating up the mercenaries to try and save the family. And someone went, okay, okay, well, hear me out. We should have a bunch of knobheads in the family that are just the worst people in the world. Santa should be like an ex-Viking who's grumpy and a drunk and is fed up of being Santa. 
And there should be a little girl who sets up traps like in Home Alone. And we should actually just rip off. Let's just rip off Home Alone and just do it. It was like someone had this <laughs> oh, idea. I and then, the Home Alone bit. I know. It was like someone had this idea. And then when they gave it to the director, to the writer, to whoever was is responsible for creating this, that they just went, okay, well, we're also going to add this in and add this in. So it, for that reason, it just didn't work because it didn't need the backstory. It didn't need the... yeah. So the actual shape and layering of the film, I thought, was its real downfall. The Viking thing would make an interesting movie in itself, though. It's an interesting take, but not for this film. No. And Home Alone's would interesting it be take. Like oh. Saint Vic. Do you just say Saint Dick? Saint Vic with the V. Oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A bit like the Northman, but for Santa Claus. Imagine that. I'm going to say it. Go on. I don't think I'd watch. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just think I'd... I don't love Viking stuff. I'm going to... Like, Interesting. I yeah. Why? I don't to. know. Like, I don't mind medieval stuff necessarily. I don't love it. It's not my favourite genre. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a lot of, like, clunky armour and men putting on armour for ages and then they have a scrap and then... <laughs> I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, it's historical, I get it, but it's yeah. a lot. You want more of like a, a social drama within medieval times. The uh, the Last Jewel oh, is, so is evidence to that, because that was a drama before it was a, a historical war film. I need to rewatch that. I know we're going off a tangent. Yeah. Imagine Santa in that time, that'd be cool. The thing, well, you did remind me about the Home Alone piece of which mm. I accepted it. I enjoyed it for what it was only because it was Home Alone, basically. But I didn't. I yeah. was like, why are they doing this? It's like they couldn't yeah. think of anything else. I, I just don't, I don't understand. Like, just because you reference a film a couple of times doesn't mean you can completely rip it off. Yeah. And that's what they did. Like they said a couple of times, like my favorite movie, Home Alone. And then she starts leaving the traps. And I was like, okay, at this point, I just want to watch Home Alone. I don't want mm. to watch this film anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was weird. And I get it. They were doing more violent things with the traps that she'd laid, like the thing through his chin. Oh, yeah. Like uh, There were similar things though, weren't they? Like they yeah. threw the paint cans or whatever it was. Yeah, or the the... Uh, there was slippy ice or whatever it was. Yeah. I just thought at that point, I was like, this has completely lost its way. It doesn't know what film it's trying to be now. <laughs> it's just, we're doing yeah. Home Alone. Yeah. The other thing that annoyed me, and we've talked about this a lot, is the, was the swearing. Mm. And I can't put my finger on it, but there's some films that annoy me when they just slap swears in and some don't. But I think it's because they really emphasise it. So they go, motherfucker. And you're like, okay, yeah, you swear, yeah, I yeah. get it. I just feel like they're just, they couldn't think of anything else to write. So they just keep swearing. Yeah, that's that's my problem. When people, often I think it's glaringly obvious when there's a bad script, if it's just full of expletives in a non-intellectual way. I think there's ways to use swear words, either intellectual, like I think Tarantino's use of expletives is very intellectual the way you use it in conversation, it's like, 
oh, I need to use that word to make my point. Yeah. Whereas I think in films like this, they're just using that word because it's there and they can swear. And they're like, this will make them seem worse or grumpier or angrier at this situation. Uh, yeah, it just yeah. feels like a weak way well, they're of using it writing. as like a butt of a joke. Like that's the funny yeah, bit, yeah. but it's yeah. not that funny. No, no. But the family, they they used it a lot. Like the, I think they, the way they made the mother, the grandmother, evil was make, making a swear. Yeah. So like, well, the she family were they were the worst. And um, apart from when the guy said parkour when he jumped over the sofa, that, <laughs> yeah. that was funny. Do you know what? As well, like they make it out like he's the worst of the bunch. Yeah. I think he's the best of the bunch, to be honest. Park And then jumps out the window. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was my favourite bit of the film. <laughs> yeah? Well, why didn't you say that when... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Slot that in. My favourite bit what, of the film was parkour. What did you say to your favourite bit? I, oh, you agreed oh, with me. Oh, I screamed with you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll scratch that because we need something different to say and say the bit where he jumped over the sofa and said parkour. <laughs> Why wouldn't that be your favourite? Exactly. I think I know the answer to this question, but would you rewatch it? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Even it's not if that it... sometimes when a film comes out and then a a, a new release comes out on a streamer. So, for example, The Northman. I didn't like The Northman, but it came out on the streamer, and I was like, I might give that a rewatch. Really? Whereas some films come out and I, like Violent Night, I won't. It won't come on streamers next Christmas, and I'm like, oh goody, Violent Night. But if it was on telly around Christmas time and I happened to flick it on, I perhaps wouldn't turn it off straight away, depending on what part of the film it was at. Yeah, BBC Two, half ten at night on a Saturday, I might go. You know what? Yeah, fine, bugger it. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't like if it was from the beginning. I wouldn't go. Oh yeah, let's watch this. But if it was part way through. You know, if Santa's blowing people up the chimney with his nose, I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll stick around for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Which, can we talk about yeah. that? What's that about? I don't... Is that right at the end where he snapped that guy in half? Yeah. Well, he goes up the chimney by blowing his nose. Yeah. So then he sends the other guy up the chimney by blowing his nose. And then he goes up the chimney and yeah. Doesn't he touch his dead. nose? Like, just tap it? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's not like getting a hanky out and... yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he gives it a little tap and then. So what do you want to talk about? I t- that's about it really. Oh, I right. just wanted, yeah. It was just, I just wanted to make reference to the fact that that is a weird. It's weird. It's cool. That's, that's how he, the guy, he killed the guy because he snapped him in half because he can't fit up the chimney. Mm. The Santa can. I get it. Mm-hmm. But by that point, I couldn't care less. No, no. Which one, which one oh, did you do that left? to? Wasn't it the head honcho guy? I think maybe the main guy, yeah. Mm. Nah. So yeah, I would only rewatch it in that circumstance as well, if it was on mm. TV. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of talked about the direction, but you've got anything else to add about how it was directed, how it was performed? Not really. Um, no. Interestingly... Tommy Wakola, the director, is a Norwegian man. Interesting. I wonder if perhaps that had something to do with the Viking origin. I don't know whether he had an input yeah. to that sort of that sort of time and that sort of I don't know. But 
Uh, he also directed the Hansel and Gretel film that came out, The Witch Hunters, Hansel and Gretel with um, Jeremy Renner and Gemma Arterton a few yeah. years back, which also wasn't great because it feels like it should be sillier. I think that's his thing. He's picking quite silly concepts, but then they don't feel silly enough. So yeah, I, I, I didn't love the direction of this. It's like, as an action film, the way it's actually filmed and shot and those sort of camera decisions are fine, but it's the direction of the way that a scene plays out that I have a problem with. Yeah. God, it could have been so good, couldn't it? Yeah. It's getting fairly okay reception on Letterboxd. Yeah. A lot of three stars, which is as much as I'd ever give it, I think. Mm, a few five stars as well. <laughs> of course, yeah. Which is, I mean... I'm going to have to read some of these five stars just to see. I imagine it's all just that they're gushing over David Harbour because everyone's labelling him as the next sexy Santa after Kurt Russell. Yeah. Which makes Someone sense. Someone put, that's naughty. Hey, hey yep. <laughs> someone put, smash. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone said, I've never wanted to F Santa so bad in my entire life. Wow. Was that your your review? That was my review, yeah. yeah. Someone else says, I've got to say it, Santa has a pretty magical sack. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, all these five-star reviews. There's a reason behind it. Oh, David it. Harbour fighting people is literally my favourite genre. You know, it goes on. But I didn't love it. <laughs> you got any other questions about it? Any lingering things that you've thought, why, what? Um, the nose thing, we've, we've spoken about the nose yeah. thing. Um, you know, just a, just a bizarre way of, but you know, you, it, like you said, it's a cool way to finish Go, off, I guess. Yeah, yeah. My question is, um, why did they start in Bristol? That's my question. I'm still hung up on it. I've got no idea. I need to get over it, really. I think you need to let the Bristol yeah. thing go, yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, but it's the third What would have been funny is if we started in Bristol because this Santa was a Bristolian Santa. Yeah. You know, we had a Bristolian accent and then... Yeah. Can you do one? Careful now. <laughs> you always do this to me. All right, I've got to go deliver the presents down to all the kids over in the States. Who, 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 and all that. <laughs> I'll let the listeners decide what they thought. Yeah, I'm not, I'm it not feels gonna, offensive. I, I apologise. I can't dare comment. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that would have been a different film altogether. And it, uh, yeah. a violent Bristolian Santa. Is that Violent Night. <laughs> yeah. Violent Night, yeah. That's the sequel. <laughs> uh, the sequel is just called Violent Night again, but it's just, you have to say it in a Bristolian accent. Violent Night. Violent Night. Is that even a... I've just copied your accent. Yeah, that's a Bristol. Bristolian, it's... Yeah. Okay, sure. Well, all right. <laughs> now I'm just worried. What was your initial response to the film then? And has that changed... Initially, we were both a bit like, eh. uh, 
And I think I like it less than I did at the time. Because at the time I was like, did I enjoy it? I think I, and then now after the time I'm like, I don't, I just don't think it was, I thought it was silly. And it was predictable as well. That was the other thing. Amongst all this, you know that who's going to win in the end. You know what's going to happen at the end of this film. So it was all predictable as well as being a letdown. So, yeah, my, my initial response was, meh, that wasn't very good. And my current response is, eh, I didn't enjoy that. It wasn't very good. <laughs> all these things we're talking about, I sort of thought at the time. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I wish he wasn't a drunk. I wish he just had a bit of, he was just a badass Santa. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel that even more passionately now. I yeah. almost want to make it again and go, mm. right. We're not going to see much of Santa until all this shit goes down mm-hmm. in the house and then lights go out, bang, something's coming down the chimney and then some hard rock metal. And then yeah. the camera starts at his feet, his boots, pans up and it's Santa Claus. Goes via him. his knuckles that say like, ho, ho, ho on them or something. <laughs> Love and ho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's got like an axe or whatever. Yeah. And then get the reindeers involved because they flew off. Yeah, they were like, see you later. They had to go get his sack, didn't they? Yeah, you could use them. They could have been kick-ass Rudolph coming in. His red nose is like... You've blown our budget here. (laughs) That's true, You want CGI fighting reindeers? Yeah. And uh, Rudolph's nose is actually magma hot. It's like molten. That's why it's so red. And that he just burns someone's eye out. Imagine that. That's a lot um, of CGI. Yeah, I get that. It is, but I'm on board. I'm still on. Like, I'd, I'd like to see it. Do you know when you go to these films and you're laughing your face off because it's so cool? Yeah. Not because they're trying to make a comedy. It's just, I can't believe they just did that. It's just like, oh, And that's <laughs> what, what was, they tried what to we do. we had that for? Well, that cop shot. Def- cop shot, Mortal yeah. Kombat. Mortal Kombat, that was a really, yeah, we enjoyed that. that. Was but even that, like wasn't it? a completely different thing, but Jackass. Yeah. We were laughing at the extreme, like, oh my God, what are they doing? And Halloween? there was one, there was one kill in the newest Halloween. Yeah. That was like that. All I'll say is the tongue. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one, yeah, we laughed through because there were loads of silly deaths. You want silly deaths. And that's what they try to do with the chimney nose thing. Yeah, but it wasn't... It's was too late by then. It almost wasn't gruesome enough. It was yeah. just, yeah. So yeah. basically, in this spoiler special, we've just written a new version. That's basically what just happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've spoiled our own version. Yeah. We have. What's your what final... What do you think, oh. listeners? Let us know. Yeah. 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 Anyone enjoy it? That'd be good to know. Focus Film Club presents. So before we put this on the wall. The wall. I need a final review from you. So David Harbour's having fun. The director, the writer aren't having as much fun. So... There's some funny ideas like the nose chimney death, like the candy cane knife. Uh, But ultimately, there's too much 
that we'd rather see than what we're seeing that makes this harder to enjoy because we'd like to see I know it's silly to not to review a film saying we could have done this, we could have done that, but when there's so many glaringly obvious things that could have been different and could have made this so much fun, it's frustrating. So I never, as an audience member, want to feel frustrated. And I did, watching this, I felt frustrated that they had a great opportunity and a great concept, and it's just not that fun. It's the kind of title of a film you say, right, I'm going to go, you tell your friends you're going to go and watch this at the cinema tonight. And everyone goes, oh, that sounds rubbish. But you want to say, yeah. no, that was flipping awesome. You need to go and yeah. have a good night at the cinema. And I left thinking, actually, yeah, that was rubbish. Mm-hmm. It, um, because I love that kind of film so much. You can, I think we can tell from our conversation that we love silly Oh yeah, absolutely. Action, silly deaths. That's what you it's a bit of escapism in a gruesome way. But we I, I was yeah, I was left frustrated and deflated, yeah. A bit like, oh, well, that was as bad as it sounds. But the mm-hmm. uh, another something's going on this year with trailers. People are making really good trailers. Really good trailers. Out. Yeah. And this was a really good trailer. I think like on what you were just say, <clears throat> saying, Studio 666, mm-hmm. a horror film. Have you watched that yet? No. Ah, uh, get on it over Chris. I think it's on Sky and now TV now. Um, but it's, obviously it's Foo Fighters doing a horror, a comedy yeah. horror. And it's such a stupid concept and it leans into how stupid it is that it's brilliant for that reason. It's still flawed and like, it's one of those where I came away, like Mortal Kombat, I was the same. Yeah, I'd three star it because it had its issues, but it was a great time at the, cine- at the cinema. Fine at Night could have been really naff and really silly, but a great time at the cinema. And it gets good response, but because this isn't a great time, it, that's why it's not. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Barbarian, that I mean, that was more serious, but that did have silly moments in it that were just wild and over the top, but because it's so bold and takes that leap to do that, literally leap to do those things at the end of the film, you're like, yeah, well that's, that's their film that they've decided to tell and you respect them for their bold choices. Whereas this felt like they had so many opportunities to make bold choices and then didn't. Yeah. I think I said on Twitter, it's like one of those Hallmark movies or Christmas 24 movies, but Mm. post watershed. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah. Because it's it had true. the naff script. It was really naff. Mm-hmm. And that's what lost me, was the, the naffness of the script. Mm. Yeah. So the wall. We need yes. to place this on the wall. So last time we just went from the bottom and saw yeah. where it kind of ranked. Uh, I'm going to ask straight away, do you think it's better than Fear Street? Which ones? Uh, they were the trilogy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. So, it's so the Violent the Night is the bottom of the wall. Wow, It's wow. the thing to be better than. There we go. Bottom of the list. I'll read the full list out at the end after we've placed the Muppets. Yeah. Okay. 
Speaking of which, let's move into the Muppets Christmas Carol. There it is. You got one in early. So we woke up today and I put on the the soundtrack. That song. Just just that song. The vinyl soundtrack. He's got the vinyl already. Look at him. Yeah. Look at that. Was that the overture you listened to? Or was it one more No, it wasn't. It was, no, it wasn't even that. So it wasn't the one you were singing. It was the, um, if it was like Christmas. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. It feels like Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Good tune. So it's basically the Muppets Christmas Carol for people who for some reason don't know. It's an adaptation on the story of Scrooge and Christmas Carol, the classic Charles Dickens story in which Michael Caine plays Ebenezer Scrooge. And he lives in a world where humans and Muppets live amongst each other. Some of our lead characters, like Bob Cratchit, is played by Kermit the Frog, his wife, played by Miss Piggy, uh, Fezziwig, played by Fozzie, his Fozziwig. You know, some of these famous Muppet characters are in place of some of the classic characters from the story. And narrating the story is Gonzo. It is Gonzo, isn't it? Yeah. That's the name, yeah. The Great Gonzo, as Charles Dickens, accompanied by Rizzo the Rat. So, Gareth, you go on about the fact you've watched this maybe 30 times. At least. You reckon? Yeah. In your life? Uh, For me, it wasn't one that, like, for my family was a must, but as soon as I watched it, I've made it a must. So... It's not one that's always been about, but I, I love it. I love it. Um, there's just something very, very, very Christmassy about it. So let's get into some questions. If you think of the film right now, if you think of the Muppets Christmas Carol right now, what, what do you see? What do you think of? So much rushes through my head. So much of it. So we're talking about the ghost of Christmas present. It's probably the, he flashes through. Just like going along. Yeah. And Come in and know me better, man. I think of the music. I think of joy is what I think of. I think of Christmas. I love it so much. I can't even tell you. Wow. So, yeah. I was, when you said you would pick this, I was I had a huge smile. Do you remember? I just You had a massive smile. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But I think it's grown in significance for me over the years. I love the, maybe let's go, I mean, I've answered the question, but even the the opening titles when they pan over the streets of London, you think, oh my God, this looks so good. Yep. And it's a Muppet film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just think of Christmas. It is Christmas to me. I think the Muppets are so lovable, like just in general culture, but this is their best by far. Thing that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Treasure Planet one as well. That's that's good fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that not Treasure Planet? One? Treasure Island. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's great fun. And um, Michael Caine as well as Scrooge is one great. Best like, performances. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I would think of, you know, the shot of Tiny Tim on... Cratchit's oh, yeah. shoulder. Yeah. When they're walking and they're like, 
you know that bit yeah, when yeah. Um, I always look at the bit on the floor because I, I it's, yes, you can see how it's, it's, made. A rotating, it's a rotating yeah it's so cool yeah yeah it's so cool do you so were you familiar with the Dickens story as you've seen many adaptations yeah 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 I'd uh, I was definitely familiar and I don't get me wrong I had watched this when I was yeah. growing up and as a kid but it wasn't until I was a bit older that it became a regular watch, but none of my family are as bothered about it. I think my dad really likes it, actually, but the rest of my family aren't really bothered. And my well, girlfriend this year hadn't seen it until we watched it uh, this Muppets, week. Muppets split the crowd a bit. When you say, if someone's not watched The Muppet Christmas Carol and they go, oh, Muppets. Yeah. But they just don't understand no. <laughs> the difference between a normal Muppet movie and this movie and this one yeah is made with so much love i think because it was made yeah. either as jim henson either died as they were developing or making this or that he died just before and so this is the first film without jim henson and it was ah and yes it, this is steve whitmore voice kermit in this yeah and so there was a lot of I think grief going on, but they wanted to make it as good as possible for his memory. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Brian Henson directed it, mm-hmm. and he's Jim Henson's son, right? Yeah, Brian Henson. I'm, I'm sure they were developing it or something, and he he died quite quickly. Oh right. Well. Yeah. So, it so, is like you say. It's it's full of love. Yeah. Would you say that? Would you agree about that Muppet? It's different to anything else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like got a Christmassy feeling. Like, like no other. Like, not that it's necessarily the thing that makes me feel most Christmassy. But it's up there. It's close. And it and it just has this festive feeling the whole time. I think it's like the thick layers of snow with mm. these bright puppets dancing around and moving around. The songs are so just not deep or technical at all. They're just fun and, you know, quite um, trotty and just, they're yeah, just they're kind of... orchestral, aren't they? So it has that yeah. sort of Victorian Christmas vibe because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, like, not too much Miss Piggy. She can, she gets, <laughs> oh, she gets whoa. on my nerves a little bit after a while. I'm going to say it. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. the fact we, that this knows not to use her too much is a benefit. But also, yeah, even when she's there, she's not her normal Miss Piggy, really. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's your best impression. Yes. I didn't that that was a instant reaction. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. Um What was your favourite thing? What is your favourite thing about this film? What's my favourite thing about this film? I think it has to be the song that you were listening to this morning. It feels like yeah. Christmas. That sequence is so joyful. Mm. Um, and they got that character Bob on because he's yeah he's so, you just, as soon as you walk in, you, you can hear him going, oh, 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 and he's absolutely massive <laughs> in the living room. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm Come in and know me better, man. Yeah. You feel the same warmth that Scrooge feels. And this is the way Bob's about. I think as well, there's a bit of like, because the ghost of Christmas past, she's a bit dreary. And that whole bit's a little bit slower, I think, than the rest of the film. Yeah. 
so that when you get to the ghost Christmas present as an audience member, you're like, yay, this guy, he's fun. Yeah, she creeps me out. I said yesterday to you, she's like, she's a bunch of toilet paper, like wet toilet paper with a face on it. And that creeps me out. I'm like, oh, wet toilet paper in front of me. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I, I think that's a good answer. The ghost Christmas present and that sequence, that song is is so good. What's your answer? Uh, I think it's, I think similar to yours, but the uh, the Scrooge song at the beginning, because oh, you're yeah. get introduced to the world, just the way it all starts. It's like, it's not necessarily the, my favourite song, but the whole sequence is really good because you've got Scrooge walking through, you've got the introduction of Scrooge as all these Muppets are singing and dancing about and doing their thing, which I really like. Hmm. So I think I think probably that I love it when a film starts like a musical especially starts with like a landscape song and it's like welcome to our world, world basically yeah. yeah it's quite a scary segment for a, a, watching it as a kid as well because you've got Scrooge bobbing about and you can almost feel the cold of mm. him when he's there because he's all in black and you just don't really see him yeah yeah and they're all yeah. cowering. Yeah. It's got some scary. I mean, the Disney one with Jim Carrey is That's scarier. Scary. That's they, more they don't hold back. Faithful in its scariness to the Dickens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, I think really good. Like, I think yes. it's a really good Fantastic, adaptation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a more serious one, whereas this is very lighthearted. So uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present in that is quite scary when he starts to age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he starts laughing and he just falls into bones, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. And he has the bit when he lifts his cloak and there's the oh, two yeah, children greed. under his cloak. Yeah. The, yeah. Mm. What's your least favourite thing about this film? Well, actually, uh, you might say the same thing as me. And it's a, a, a wrong that they actually righted by taking out The Love Is Gone. It's controversial, apparently. I didn't realise it was controversial. But when mm-hmm. I watched it in the cinema and I had it on video for a few years, my video had The Love Is Gone, which is, and then I got the DVD as an adult and it had taken that bit out. I was like, what's going on? But I used to skip it. I used to fast forward that bit and you couldn't obviously skip a video. So I had to fast forward it and then join back when he was crying at the end of that song. So that's my least favourite, but they took it out, but now they're putting it back in. But why did they take it out? They took it out because they thought it messed with the pacing and that it was too sad and it sort of jarred with everything else, which I completely agree with. As a kid, especially, I was so bored during that bit because I just wanted to get Mm -hmm. to the fun stuff. And it just like, it was unrequired. I get it. It's like I said, that past bit, you don't want to spend too long in the past with those bits because apart from the fuzzy wig bit I think it's all a little bit slow well they cut a song from there another uh, one another one I don't think they it was never in it oh uh, with Sam Eagle chairman of the board actually that's later maybe no chairman of the board Sam Eagle and it's really a bit of a bop I think really? that's from that bit yeah I might have to give that a listen yeah do so my least favourite thing, this yeah. this is going to, I think you might disagree with me, but we'll see. Was this in your review? Maybe. Go on. I don't think Scrooge is 
grouchy enough at the beginning. I think he becomes, he's, I, maybe it's because it's Michael King, but he's almost too friendly. Like he smiles a few times at the beginning. And yes, that it's done in like a smirk or greed or whatever it is. But I don't know. I just don't feel when Kermit's like, I'm Mr. Scrooge. When he's like gearing up to talk to him, I don't feel like Scrooge is as much of a, a scary presence. And that might be because you've got Michael Caine. I mean, being Michael Caine. My counter argument is that he does shout at them. How do you want to spend the Christmas? Unemployed! Siesta! <laughs> this is my island in the sun. That bit. And I mean, yes. I'd probably laugh yeah. if someone just, I just shouted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also that bit's like, there's no repercussions for, for Scrooge. Well, he's like, he's not get... scary because they're all like, <laughs> so, Well, he's trying to get on his work and then they're like, oh Christ, yeah, okay, well, it's hot in here, isn't it? Because you've just shouted at me. And then yeah. he chucks the wreath on that really cute bunny. Yes. That's he evil. does chuck the wreath on, yeah. And then the guy true. comes in. And then like, he's like, no, I'm not giving you a penny, mate. And he walks out. How? That's pretty evil in the Muppet world. Okay, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I think, just think he... That's a good counter argument. I just got the impression in the first bit that he likes Bob Cratchit. And in other versions, I don't get that feeling that he likes Bob Cratchit. Whereas in this, I was like, I think Michael Caine quite likes Kermit. And how couldn't you when he's there looking at you with his little beady eyes? Mm. But yeah. you have made good counter arguments. There are several times when he is cruel, but I just think like, if I think about other versions, he could be crueler to then make that kind of change at the end even more worthwhile. He's, yeah, he's crueler in the Jim Carrey version. He, but he, he starts to say be here all the earlier the next morning. He still gives yes, him Yes, yeah, yeah. I see where you're be coming here from. here all the earlier next morning. There's a there's a line of Scrooge. It's in, it's in the book. I love it. When he's like, there's, when Marley comes about and he's like, there's more gravy than a grain about you because he's on about your, you could be an under, a bit of underdone potato. And then he says, there's more of gravy and of grain about you. I love that line. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm getting into the actual Diken- Dickensian. Yeah, but then what do, what do they say in the in the Muppet one where they take the piss? This is something about more of gravy than of grave. He says something and then they're all laughing about it. Like, you're not very good at pun, Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, <laughs> love great. those two old guys. Oh, oh, oh. I was surprised in other films growing up that there wasn't two Marleys. Because this was the first interaction with I don't know what the first version it was that I watched. There's definitely a different version that I've seen, I think. So There's a there's a modern version with Ross Kemp. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. (laughs) One, One Christmas Eve, me and Joe, my brother, were just sat flicking through the channel was and there it was and we were like well let's stick this on it's so bizarre like it's gritty modern as well like he's just like he's something like he's a contracted worker mm. I can't even remember and have you so seen fun. the Black Adder version yes 
where he, he's actually really uh, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <So good. laughs> anyway. Uh, would, I mean, this is a silly question. We know the answer. Would you rewatch? I do. And I plan to on Christmas Eve. I don't usually rewatch on Christmas Eve. But this year we might start doing a tradition of Christmas Eve rewatch. Nice. You've already rewatched it this year. I have, yeah. Yeah. And I will again. Not this year, but another year. The direction. Anything you wanted to know about the direction? Um, I think it says from our joy of talking about it that it's directed pretty damn well. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's a... There's a respect for the story. There's a respect for the audience that it's it's beyond what they did with the Muppet Show. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it sets it apart from a lot of the older Muppet movies is that it respected the material. Um, and there's a thing, for, you know, the Muppet movie, uh, like one of the more recent ones, not the one with Ricky Gervais, the one before that. The other one. Yeah, and the the writer of the music, Jermaine, no, uh, the guy who wrote the music anyway, he was saying, I wanted mm-hmm. to write lyrics about being made of felt. And they refused any reference to the fact that they're puppets. In the story, they're, they're real things. You can never reference the fact that they're actually oh. not real. But that's part of, they take the Muppets so seriously and it comes across really well even more so in this because of the respect for the story and the respect for actually making a really good film, not just a Muppet film. To them, it's not just a Muppet film, if you know what I mean. That's my, what I like so much about this is that it, yeah, yeah. It's not just frivolous entertainment. No, it still does the story, doesn't it? Yeah. And there's a love, there's a love for it. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's little things like the details, like we were saying earlier. Of the, you can see the mechanism moving with the snow beneath mm. them. Like it feels like there was a lot of moving parts to make this work. Yeah. Just have that many Muppets on screen must be mental. So, yeah, it's seamless. And what about the performance? Any of the performances that I mean, obviously the different Muppets are, are iconic. Yeah, but. they're always great, aren't they? Uh, Michael Caine, mm-hmm. as I say, is probably one of, it's going to be, go down as one of his more well-known performances, I'd say. I wonder if he yeah. did it, because a lot of people do kids' films for their kids and grandkids. I wonder if that was a factor mm-hmm. why he accepted it. Maybe. But yeah, I, he, he's a really good Scrooge. I know he might not be as mean as some, but he's still Scrooge to me. There was a little dig in there, wasn't there? There was a little, you know. <laughs> a little, yeah. Pipe down on this. I don't, please. he might not be as, people don't find him as mean. I do. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I think if you look at my Kane's filmography, when, like, I mean, it's mostly Christopher Nolan at this point, but when he's been in stuff like The Italian Job and the Now You See Me's and. Yeah. Get Carter, is it? Yeah. I think one of the standouts definitely is Muppet Christmas Carol. Like if I was meant to make a top five Michael Caine performances, I think this would be on there. I wonder if he expected just that. He just, probably not. I doubt it. If you go into a Muppet film, I doubt you imagine it's going to be one of your most, lo- I don't know. But like we said, this is a Muppet film, not like any other. 
Nice. Are there any lingering questions that you have about this film? Lingering questions? I don't think so. I've been lingering on this film for a long time, so... Do you have one? Okay, I have you've one. You've got one. Yeah, here we go. What is beneath the hood of the ghost of uh, Christmas yet to come? Yeah. Is it is it nothing? Is it just a cloak? Or is there something underneath there? That used to scare me. Mm. And then I think Do about... Do you have an answer? No, I don't have an answer. No. No. And then I also think about that that whole segment where he's going through and the spider's got his stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's always a question there. I can't remember it off the top of my head now. But like, you you got his curtains down pretty quick, didn't you? And started, you know, they, they got yeah, his stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's always a question about it. I can't think of it right now. But something about that, I mean, uneasy about how quick they move on. Mm. And snag him off. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the hardest bit to, for him to stomach at first, isn't it? It's like mm. when he realises all those people that were talking about him, was talking about him because at the time he doesn't know it when he's listening to people saying like, apparently no one went to the funeral. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of realises, oh, that's my, another, not a problem I have with the story, but just not the Muppet, but just the story in general is that because they finish on yet to come, it's kind of like he's changing for selfish ways. When we see like uh, the Tiny Tim section, you think, okay, he's changing because he wants to make an effect on other people's lives. But because there's the inclusion of this bit when it's like he's going to die, no one's going to like him, no one's going to go to the funeral. Because they have those bits, I'm a bit like, well, he's actually now changing for more selfish reasons. Mm. I quite like the message that he's changing for the better not just for himself. Yeah, he's worried about I think about that's his, lost a little bit. He's worried about his legacy, isn't he? Yeah, Rather yeah. Rather than Tiny Tim. Mm-hmm. But equally, what his yeah, what he's doing is affecting others, I guess. Is. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Do you remember your initial response to this film? And has that changed over the years? Well, I first watched this when I was five years old. It worked out. So I don't really remember my response, if I'm honest. We, it was a school trip and I do remember getting ice cream and I thought, oh my God, free ice cream. Nice. I mean, all ice cream when you're five years old free, right? But free yeah. ice cream from school, it was a dream. And I think we went a couple of years later and we didn't get anything. Just got to sit there and watch the film. So... I mean, yeah, so you got a, a film, mm. like you got a cinema trip. So my initial response was, wow, I'm out of school not in school, I'm watching a film and I got ice cream. And my response has changed since then, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, because I'm not in school anymore, I can have ice no. I have to pay for the ice cream. I'd probably be more yeah. excited by free ice cream now than I was then. Because yeah. now I, I, yeah, it's all on me now. It'd be a real novelty now, yeah. Yeah, imagine that. So <laughs> my response has changed over the years. Uh, and my my main response this year is the sense of doom because it was 30 years ago since I first watched it and it was released. So that sort of sense of, you know, ageing. Mm. How about you? Well, <laughs> we really went Christmas past, present and future yeah. there, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. How about you? Uh, well, I don't remember watching this for the first time. 
I think it was probably, first time I watched it, it was probably one of them that was on in the background mm-hmm. when I was younger. But my initial response has changed because now it's one that I will watch. Um, I might put it on again this Christmas and have it on in the background. Whoa. Because I think like the, just the vibe of it is quite nice. It's just all quite nice and Christmassy and festive. And I like yeah. that. I think that's why it's a good Christmas Eve film because it's quite relaxed. You've got the, yeah. the orchestral music. What's not to love? I go for Polar Express Christmas Eve. Mm. Yeah. It's similar though. Similar vibe. Very yeah. heavy Christmas. Uh, what is your final review of The Muppet Christmas Carol? My final review? Maybe um, a star rating. Well, I'd give it five stars. It's one of my favourite films of all time. Not only my favourite Christmas film of all time. It's one of my favourite films of all time. Wow. If you've listened to the last 30 minutes for talking about it, that's my review. It's uh, it's a Christmas classic. It's a family. Uh, it's good for all the family. It's one you can revisit again and again. And it's heartwarming. And the music's great. What's your final review? Did you say it? Uh, no, I did a four star. Uh, because it's good. But like I said, I think it does dip the Christmas past bit. That might be a story issue more than film, but I do think it dips there. Um, So I lose interest a little bit, but the bits when this is joyous and amazing and Christmassy, I absolutely love. It's so much fun. It's so full of life and energy. And like you said, the, the way they kind of have the Muppets and humans just about each other, it just feels normal. It's just, it's just right. There's some great background stuff going on with the Muppets as well, which is really, really funny. So I love all of that. I love the narration. They keep darker moments really light as well. Gonzo and Rizzo. Yeah. Heat the lamp, not just, the rat. It's just a- Heat the lamp, not the rat. Heat the lamp, not the rat. <laughs> 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 it's just a great movie. Yeah. The Wall. Let us... This is... I. Fear going to be tricky. This is going to be tricky, yeah. So we obviously think this is better than Violent Night. Yes. We obviously think this is a better film, a better Christmas film and a better film than Violent Night. It's better than Fear Street. Mm-hmm. It's better than The Gentleman. Yeah. Better than Host. Yeah. Better than Gladiator. Yeah. Better than The Social Network. Uh, what do you think? I would say, yes, it is. Yes, I agree. The Banshees of Inner Sharon. Ooh, what have we got left? This and Dark Knight. This and the Dark Knight. What are you saying? I think this is below Banshees. Okay. Well, hold on. Did you give Banshees a four star? I did, but I think I might give it a five on a rewatch. Well. I don't know though. Like, that's TBC. Because all I'm like, our combined scores for Muppets is a nine. Yeah. Our combined scores for Banshees is an eight. Well, that says a lot, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. There's an element of classic to this, though, isn't there? Like an all-time classic. There is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm stuck. I think, why not put it in second? Okay. Why not? Yeah. Like you said, it's a classic. So you're not even going to entertain the Dark Knight conversation? Not even going to entertain it? I don't think it? so. Wow. Surely not. I mean, I'm sure maybe something... At what point do you entertain it, Ellis? At what point do you entertain I, as, it? At some, at some point, something's got to come on that tops the Dark Knight. I think there is somewhere. 
That's a feature in itself. Yeah. I'm happy with second. So oh, I have got a game to play, but before I do, our next episode will be the end of the year special. And we're going to have a lot to do in that special. I wondered if you wanted to spin the wheel and choose the next films for the film club next month. Okay. Now. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. So I need to get the spin the wheel. I need to pick a classic film. You do. Do you want to pick the classic after you've seen what the new release is? Yeah, just go, in case. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do we want to put on that new release? We could put Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, what else is Avatar? Avatar's a good one, yeah. Matilda. Yes, Matilda. Glass, oh, Glass Onion. Glass Onion, yeah. And and there's also White Noise comes out at the end of the month. Uh, yeah, put that on there. Okay, so we've got Pinocchio, Avatar, Matilda, Glass Onion and White Noise. Yeah. I'm spinning the wheel. <laughs> well, it's White Noise. Ooh, I'm going to have to rewatch it now. Yeah. <laughs> white noise so we'll talk about white noise as our new release next month and gareth so i've got to think of a classic now have i you have or, yeah. like, something or that's, that's more than 10 years more than old. 10 years old oh geez can you leave that with me for a couple of minutes you get on with your game okay yeah we'll play the game so i'm trying to do a game where we link the two films somehow i struggle to link violent night and the muppets but i have found something i'm gonna give you a name and I need you to tell me if it is an obscure Muppet or a thug from Violent Night. Right. So all of the thugs in this film have names, but there's obscure Muppets that also have names, not necessarily from Muppets Christmas Carol, but they are Muppets in something Muppet related. So I'm going to mm. give you the name. You have to tell me Muppet or thug. Does that make sense? Yeah. Muppet or thug. Okay. Thingy thing. Thingy thing. That's a thingy Muppet. thing. That is a Muppet, correct. Yeah, okay. One point. Thank you. Sugar Plum. That is from Violent Night, I'm going to say. Correct. Sugar Plum is from Violent Night. Krampus. Krampus. Violent Night. Yes. Three for three so far. (laughs) Three left. Goose Fat. Goose Fat. That's a tough one. I'm going to say Muppets. That is correct. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm good at this. Uncle Deadly. <laughs> Uncle Deadly. Violent Night. Oh, no, it's oh, the Muppets. That's wrong. And last one, Scrooge. Scrooge? Is it Scrooge. a Muppet? What's the question? Is it a Muppet? Muppet or a thug? Thug. Correct, yes. So the main the main guy was called, the main villain was called Scrooge. So yeah, that's five out of six, Gareth. Better than how you did last time. I've got a great idea for next month. Although it might have to wait till summer. Okay, I've got two ideas. Do you want to hear them both? Might have to wait till summer. It's January next month. That's I know, exactly. If you hear both of these ideas, you'll understand why. Okay. So this one, the summer one, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, that's that's a good summer one. Park that. Okay. This is what I think. I'm going topical. Because next month's a big month for this um, franchise. Avatar. Wow. Okay. Happy with that? Yeah. White Noise and Avatar. We don't have to do that. I can see it. No, we do. You picked it. You picked it. All right. I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, thinking about how I would answer these questions. White Noise and Avatar will be our next 
And None the great thing is, everyone, listeners, you can stream both of them ahead you can. of time. So, Avatars on where, Gareth? Disney Plus. And White Noise will be on Netflix from the 30th of December. It is also being shown in some independent cinemas at the minute. So if you get a chance, watch along or watch ahead of time and then you can really get involved in this as it's released. But if not, don't worry. Nice one. Well, we should end this like they do with Christmas specials. Like, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Yeah. And you get everything you need. I hope you you keep warm by the fire and warm your cockles and have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Me, 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 me. Thanks for listening. We have been Ellis Barthorpe and Gareth Bradwick talking about The Muppets Christmas Carol and Violent Night. You can follow us on Focus Film blog and read new reviews on focusfilms.online. Mm-hmm.